Welcome to the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson. Wife, mom blessed by adoption, Jesus freak, wonderluster, overcomer, encourager, and an intentional living coach for moms. If you've stumbled upon this podcast, you're likely a Christian mom who's seeking more peacefully productive days. And what does that mean when we put it together? Well, first and foremost, we're focused on the peace that surpasses understanding and the steadfast loving kindness that comes from our Father in heaven. Next, we're focused on being good stewards of all our gifts and resources that we have been given in this life. And next, we want to be productive members of our family and our home, as well as our community and the kingdom. So if that sounds like you, let's go dig into today's episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. Hello, sisters, and welcome back for another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life podcast. I'm super excited to share today's guest with you. She actually used to be my boss. Didn't tell her I was going to introduce her that way, but um, she is a strong, independent woman who is married to her college sweetheart. She has two adorable little ones, Aria, who is five years old, and Tyler, who is seven months old. She is the owner and founder of Manus Financial and also works full-time as an accountant with the state of Alaska. So Kate, any more introduction that you would like to give us? Thank you so much, Sasha. I just thank you so much also for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I, I did used to be Sasha's boss um, <laughs> in the state of Alaska. Um, so yeah, we've lived in the state for, oh my gosh, it's going to be... 10 years, 10 years, this mm, July, August, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. So we came from Virginia, uh, and decided on our, uh, on a honeymoon or Alaskan, uh, honeymoon on the cruise that we were like, yeah, we could do this. So <laughs> we say like literally on the cruise. So when we got home, we decided to like, save all our money. It took two years. My husband was a police officer at the time and I was working as a manager of a country club and finishing up. I have my master's degree in business and I needed to finish that up as well before we could pack up everything and drive. Took us like 22 days, but yeah, so we got to Alaska and rest is history. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. 22 days is like, that's quite an adventure. I've done the drive multiple times and never have I been afforded that much time, but, um, I hope to one day, but it's so funny because I feel like I just threw that thing about like, you used to be my boss and, and I I feel like I've mentioned here on the podcast before, but maybe not, but in other places, like in my introduction, other places, whatever, there's a story about like, I left my job and like, Kate, you remember this. Like I got this promotion that had to turn it down and instead give you my two weeks notice because I was going to be a mom. And it just like, and then three months later, I'm like, what am I doing as a mom? So it's a huge part of my like story of how, like I got here to where I am today, like with intentional abundance co. So now I have proof. Thanks for coming on. It happens. Um, Everybody, it happens. (laughs) Yes. So you obviously have, um, your master's in business, right? You have an MBA. 
you work as an accountant for the state. How did Manus Financial come into existence? Yeah, so I have been like wanting to like do my own thing or I just never felt fulfilled. Like even in grad school, when I was in, I remember I was like, I think it was my first class in grad school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I got an undergrad in theater and the only reason why I got an undergrad in theater is because literally when it was time to declare your major at the end of sophomore year, they're like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I have no earthly idea. And then my counselor looked at my trans or what I'd been taking. And she was like, oh, you're like three classes away from like getting a degree in theater. And I was like, done, sold. Like, I'll just do that. I had taken so many theater courses that I was done. And literally for my senior year, I think I took like backpacking, camping. My friend was like, if you could have taken underwater basket weaving, you probably would have. And I was like, yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, So like, I just didn't, it was just kind of like presented, like I just kind of fell into it. And so you know, I was an actress. I did that. I, you know, I, I acted on the stage um, in Florida, but I just didn't feel like that was going to pay the bills. Um, and so I knew I needed to take the next step, which was for me, grad school. And when I was in grad school, I was in a human resources course and we had to talk about like what we wanted to be or what we were. Um, and I asked the professor, I was like, well, what do you think about being a professor? Do you like doing that? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I do. But like, you should probably, like, I don't know, are you good at math? Like maybe accounting? And so that's where that was kind of born. Like he was like, if you want to be a professor, I would recommend you doing it in accounting because like they need accounting professors. And so I kind of just went down that road. I, I finished with my master's degree and after graduate school, I went back and took 24 credit hours because you had to do that for the CPA exam. And um, I, when I got to Alaska, honestly, I was prepared to like bag groceries. Like I had no idea, like we drove up here, we quit our jobs, you know, like we had no idea what we were gonna do. And I was like, I'll find something. And I did, I I ended up working at um, Charter College as a financial, um, I worked in financial aid. And so I want, I I don't know, just every step from there, it seemed to kind of be accounting, but I I changed jobs every couple of years because I was still trying to find that, that job that like, like I was in fire for, you know, Mm -hmm. like just you got excited to be at work you know, you wanted to be there and nothing, it wasn't for lack of trying. I mean, literally every two years I have switched jobs except for the job that I'm in now. Um, and, you know, I just felt this tugging from God, honestly, like you're going to have to create that mm-hmm. environment that you want so desperately to be part of because this isn't working for you. And so I didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, so now you, now I'm supposed to go out and do something. Like I'm supposed to create my own business, but like, what am I supposed to do? And so again, I like, I, you know, I tried all the things and I'm, you know, I'm good at sewing. So I was like, well, maybe I'll have an online business of like, you know, cross stitching. And 
you know, that didn't like, I never really like pursued that super far because it was more of a hobby and I didn't want to yeah. like hate it yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> by making it a job. Um, <laughs> and then like, I was like a volleyball coach and, you know, I love that. But again, that wasn't like a full-time opportunity for me. Um, and so I, you know, I, I, I identify with Dave Ramsey. I started taking, um, I went to church one day out in the, out in Eagle river. And it was that day that they talked about financial peace university. And I was like, yeah, like I really should probably get my finances in order. You know, I'm an adult, like this is something adults do, um, <laughs> you know? And I, I mean, my parents are very, um, like very savvy with their money, but they weren't very on the teaching side of things. Like I went to college and I had to ask my RA how to write a check. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't have to do this. Like, where, where do you put what? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, you know, those are things I feel like people should know. And, you know, like we assume, you know, society assumes that you like get that education from home. Um, and so, you know, I went down the road of Dave Ramsey. I went through financial peace actually twice. Um, and I, I started listening to his podcast and getting more involved. And then, um, a friend of mine who actually a coach volleyball with became a financial coach. And I was like, this is a thing. Like, that's like a, a profession. And so I contacted him and I was like, so tell me more about this. Like, you're not an advisor because an advisor, you have to get like your series 66 or series 65 and all those certifications. And like, I don't want to deal with retirement. And like, what is this? And he was like, well, yeah, like this is more on the like day-to-day level. This is more on the, like, you know, helping people like build a budget, you know, identifying like goals and that type of thing. And I was like, that's me. Like I am money goal driven. I, you know, like I want to help people. That's a huge um, need for me is to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I asked some questions and he had actually gone through Dave Ramsey has a program um, to, it's a certification, I guess, for, I, I say, I guess, because they specifically say it's not a certification, but it like, it is a certification, but anyway, <laughs> like I went through the whole thing. I got my little certificate at the end. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm certified as, you know, Dave Ramsey financial coach. Um, and it was just, it was super like just learning all the things, um, to be, to be in that field. And, and I was able to connect it back. I mean, I've had 10 years of accounting experience. I've done multi-million dollar budgets for the government. You know, I just, that was something I was interested in, but again, it was lacking in the sense of feeling passionate about what I did. Um, and so I just, as, as, uh, Sasha just said, I just had a baby. So not that I had extra time or anything, but <laughs> during my maternity leave, I was like, Oh, I've got three and a half months off of my day job. Like maybe this will be a good time to like start pursuing this. And so I took the time and um, you know, carried the baby to like all the things I had to do to set up a business. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. You're like, I have time off my day job. Let me dump, jump into this, like I know. new certification thing and just carry the baby to all the things. <laughs> um, baby on the hip, literally. <laughs> I love that. Like that is so empowering right there. Like just to know, I feel like that was very much like the, 
zero to three months of like being a mom for me, I was like, I, I don't want to say in a similar space, right. Because you had kind of already been like doing this up. You had your job to go back to, but for me, like I, I had left my job and then that adoption actually fell through. And so it was another, a little over a month, maybe even two months later before I became a mom, right. We got matched with our son's birth parents and brought him home. And then it was like three months in. And I was like, wow, I had a career. Like I was actually utilizing my degree. I was engaging with adults. I was like receiving promotions, (laughs) like, and now I just changed diapers and play peekaboo. Like, what is this? So it was very much this, like I was searching right for that thing that to bring that fire and that passion, like back into me, like, yes, my son was that I love him to pieces. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. That was the job I begged for 10 years for. But at the same time, there was just this part of me, the intellectual and like driven part of me that was like, what is happening? And so I was searching for that thing. Um, and, and I felt a tugging from God, like a few different little times. So very similar story. And I just love how you had shared that, like how he said, you're going to have to create that. And I'm like, wow, that's so true for so many of us where it's like, I feel like we, it's almost like we give the medicine that we want to receive, right? Like you want, you want this workplace or this environment where, where people can feel like empowered and all these other things. And it's just like difficult to find that. And so I love that that you found this because I do hear that. And you've said it before that like helping people is really important to you. Obviously like you're good with numbers, like (laughs) into the finances has been a thing. I love that you mentioned like, okay, I'm an adult. Like I should probably get my finances in order. Now I I wrote down like hashtag adulting. Um, but you had put in your description (laughs) up here that you want to empower women with their finances to help them achieve their goals and getting out of debt, creating a budget, or even just taking that first step to help them understand their relationship with money. And I think all three of those things are really, really huge. Um, especially if anyone has ever listened to Dave Ramsey or been through financial peace university, like he's very, very big about not being in debt and about the best way to create wealth is to use like the income that you're receiving, the money that you're earning, like so many in America, I feel like hang on to this, like get rich quick idea was like, Oh, I'll pay it off later. Or I'll buy that later or whatever else. When I win the lottery that I'm never playing (laughs) or, you know, when my great, great uncle dies and I inherit money that doesn't exist. Um, and so I think it's really important to be really good stewards of our money as well. So I don't know if there's anything I said you want to I do. I do. I actually want to expand a little bit on the empowering women. Um, Like, you know, mostly when I got into this, I was kind of like thinking about what my target audience was, right? Because you kind of think about who you're gearing towards so that you can market it to them or whatever. Um, And at first, like I wanted to be a wedding planner. Like, again, I'm all over the place. It's okay. I, I like all the things. But yeah, I, I have done wedding planning, so um, I am a jack of all trade, but it was the budget component of the wedding planning that I was a stickler on. And the, like, I mean, when I was helping these brides, they were like, you're really fixated on this money. I'm like, you gave me a budget. 
we have to stick within budget. Like you've got all these grandiose ideas and I think that's fantastic and wonderful and we can do all these things. And I've got these books that have like budgeting for you know weddings and yada, yada. But I was like, we got that $5,000 having like a Cinderella's castle in the background probably isn't in the budget, you know? And yes. like, I wasn't trying to be a party pooper, but I also was like, you know, the realistic, unfortunate voice sometimes of reason. And I was like, I don't think that's going to be a thing that we're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I identified that that was also my, like my strong point, right? Like you probably didn't hire a wedding planner to keep you on budget, right? Cause they, they work off, you know, the percentage usually of how much your wedding is. So sure. Let's have a $30,000 wedding so I can get the 10%, whatever of, of that. So, um, so I've, I've identified that. And so if, if you, at the beginning, I was like, I would really like to market towards engaged couples because money is also one of the top reasons why people get divorced. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I could have like a product or, you know, go to wedding expos and set up booths or whatever. Um, again, I don't think brides are, you know, and I don't know, you know, maybe they wouldn't mind talking to me at a wedding expo next to the flowers and the cake and be like, how much do you have to spend on that? But like, you know, the parents of the bride or the groom or the whoever's paid for it might be like, you know, this might be a good thing as a wedding gift to like start the couple off Mm. and like get them set up on the right track. Like you're merging your finances. What does that look like? What are you bringing to the table? What conversations are hard for you to be able to talk about? Oh, you didn't know she had $20,000 on her credit card and you're about to marry into that. What does that look like for you? How does that make you feel? Like these are the tough conversations that people don't want to have. Or, you know, those Lexus commercials, those are my favorite. Hey, honey, I just bought you a Lexus for Christmas and you look surprised. Did you know that price tag on that is about $700 a month? Yeah. I hope we have it in our budget. (laughs) you know, having those conversations with everybody. And like, I, I don't mind being the, the, the tough cookie who has to get in there and have those conversations and be like, what are you bringing to the table? How does this make you feel? What are your goals? Um, and then I'm the, I'm the quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Don't like me, but like, like your spouse, but like be mad at me. That's fine. Um, but like, I mean, that, I mean, obviously I want us to have a good relationship, but I'm also okay with like having those tough conversations. Um, but then on that note, when I get to the empowering women, women component, I, I was thinking about like, I've helped a, you know, an older woman, um, who has gone through a divorce and she said that was the most stressful thing. Not, I mean, the divorce in and of itself is terrible. They've been married for 40 years and, you know, unfortunately, you know, they decided to, to separate ways and, and that in and of itself is, is devastating and it has its own baggage. But when I talked to the woman and her main concern when she was speaking with me is, I never knew what was going on with the finances. I had no idea he handled everything. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. And that to me made this situation nearly impossible for me which caused a massive breakdown and this, that, and the other. So like, you know, 
when I say empowering women, I mean, giving them the ability to feel like they're not stuck in a relationship just because even if it's not the right one, I don't, you know, I don't say that divorce is a good thing, but if it, you you know, if you've decided this is not for you and you can't do it anymore, you know, finances should not be the reason why you're in that relationship, you know, because you're scared because you'll understand. And so helping, and I feel like women are more in that situation than men. Um, and I've talked to, you know, I had a, another conversation with um, um, a, a friend of mine and the money would just go out the door. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, her spouse made a lot of money and they would just spend it. And then at the end of the month, we wouldn't have enough money for diapers. And I'm like, you're making good money. Like what's going on? Like, you know, and so coaching is also talking about the emotional component to money and what that looks like for you and how you're spending it. And, and that's why like a financial advisors are great. You know, they'll help you set up, you know, for your retirement, long-term long distance. But like, we're talking about today, like mm-hmm. I can't get there until I fix my problems now. Um, and so that's why I want to like, you know, when we have these, these coaching meetings, and if you're in a relationship, um, it's best to have both parties, but I, I don't want the woman to feel like she has to do this alone. If she's the one that wants to get on board and she wants to have the conversation with me, I'm all for it because I can help you, you know, any questions are not too small or too big. Like we Mm -hmm. can talk about all the things. Um, And I just had actually a different client who is debt-free, which is fantastic, but, you know, wasn't aware of what a sinking funds was. And so we had a conversation about sinking funds and made sure we set those up for her, um, you know, moving forward. And so I just, I want to make sure that women have all the tools they need to be as successful and be who they want to be and not be held back because, you know, of not having the opportunity to learn these things or, or just not being exposed to it or, you know, not understanding it. It's hard. Like some of it's complicated, you know, like, and it's so emotional. Yeah. It's so, and then, yeah. so when we have things that are hard, that are emotional, that we don't want to deal with, guess what? We don't deal with it. And yeah. then it just gets bigger, but we pretend it's not there. And then it becomes from like a little molehole and a mole, you know, hill or whatever until this like yes. massive mountain. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I have so many things I want to say to this, but first for people who are listening, can you give us like a one-on-one, like elementary level? What is a sinking fund? Because there might be some conflict going on yes. in people like, but she said this, and I don't know what it is. I need to go yes. Google search it and pause this and not come back. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, so a sinking fund, I guess the easiest way to describe it is if you have, you know, you've, you've paid, let's just say perfect world, you've paid off all your debt, right? Um, and your car needs to be upgraded. So you've paid off all your debt. Are you going to go to the dealership and take out a $20,000 loan and put you back in debt? No, you're going to set up what it's called as a sinking fund. And so every month you're going to take $200 and you're going to put it into an account and you're going to label it. So you can have like multiple sinking funds. You can have one for like a car or like a vacation or you know, you have to pay your insurance once a year, but it's a, it's a hefty bill. So we're going to go ahead and put a percentage of that every month 
So instead of having like all these accounts, you have one account that is for your sinking fund. And we're gonna make it super easy. You have a legal pad and you write down all of the accounts, all of the things like uh, new, new car, insurance, um, what else did I say? You know, anything vacation. that's annual that you don't want to, you know, do all at once a vacation. And so when you put the 200 in, you're just going to add, add it onto the list. And so when it's time to go purchase your vehicle, you have it right there. How much money do I have to purchase this car? Okay, great. I have my $20,000. I can take it out. I leave the rest of it in the, the account so I can pay my insurance so that I can go on that beautiful, you know, Bali, you know, vacation that I wanted to go on, whatever. But yes. that's what a sinking fund is. Love it. So people always ask or want to make comments about how we travel a lot. Like it's one of our passions. This is like a firm belief of mine. Travel is the only thing that you can spend money on that makes you richer. Like you're yeah. building experiences together as a family that are building memories that shape the person that you are. Um, and so like we do, we save for our vacations. Like it's something we prioritize instead of keeping up with the Joneses and certain things. Like we don't have an iPhone 12 even because we would rather spend that extra money every month for vacation. So in case anybody's wondering how to vacation yeah. a lot, prioritize it, create it yeah. in your budget, um, yep. save for it first. So many things about what you said are like, I want to touch on like, um, stickler about a wedding you had said about like the number one reason people get divorced is money and like being able to communicate about that. And like, it's hard conversations. Right. And I remember this, like early, early on in our marriage, I went to see a counselor about totally like it, it wasn't marriage related. I just went to a counselor for, I don't even know what, at that point, I don't even know right. why, because in hindsight, my life got way worse after that. Anyway, <laughs> um, the counselors asking me, Oh, so how's your relationship? Oh, it's great. We don't need to talk about that. Right. Well, so how are your conversations about family and children? Oh, we don't talk about that. Cause my husband did not want like to talk about kids at that time. Well, how's your relationship about money? Oh, we don't talk about that. I paid my husband rent. <laughs> like It was go. so bad because we just did not have those money conversations at first. And honestly, I think it was like, just about a, almost a year or just after a year into our marriage, like we were living in England and I, he asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I told him a plane ticket home because I didn't want to be in the relationship anymore because I was scolded for spending $86 at the grocery store one day because, and I'm like, I didn't have a job. Like I was fully dependent on him. I was in a foreign country, but like our finances were so separate and we didn't talk about it. And it was like, we had so much work to do to get where we're at right now. We're also going through financial peace university for the second time. Um, because we've been in that, like yep. money just runs out the door. If you're not paying attention, you don't know where it's going and it is just gone. And so it's so incredibly important. Um, and then I loved how in financial peace university, I don't know if it was like this when you did it, but I think it's Rachel Cruz. Dave Ramsey's daughter, like she yeah. hates budgeting. She's like, if there's anything I'm really good at, it's spending money and shopping. And so it was like six months into their marriage. They're like, whoa, we need to like talk to dad and figure this out and make a budget. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm not alone in that. Right. So if anybody else is listening, you are not alone in that either. Like you're in good hands with Kate here. Um, so I love everything that you had to say because 
so much of it is just so true and so relevant. And there are so many emotional ties to it. My husband and I had a really deep, deep financial conversation two weeks ago when we went to Costco for the first time this year and we had to buy diapers and toilet paper and paper towels and (laughs) groceries. And then he was like, so upset about like, when, when the price came up, like, oh my gosh, that's like almost all of our grocery budget. And, you know, it was like, it was a long 40 minute conversation on the way home about money and just like the emotional ties to it and everything else. And so it's so, so deep. Um, if we are talking to likely moms on here, right? Maybe people who are in this struggle bus with money, just going out the window, maybe people finding themselves in positions where we make enough money, but I don't have enough money for diapers or even women who like you're saying you want them to not feel stuck and be able to like pour into and spend money on the things that are really important to them. Like I have a lot of, um, potential clients who are like, I really want to work with you. And I see the results that I could get, but I literally don't have the money. Um, but it's like, I, I'm a firm believer. A lot of us do have the money. It's just, we don't realize where we're spending it and what we're spending it on. Anyway, what are a couple of tips that you could give us that we could take away, maybe even start doing today that could help us be better stewards of our finances? Sure. So this is going to, and then when I say this, I, I can feel the eye rolls, but I promise you just being mindful if you write everything down. Now I know that Dave Ramsey's like, you know, you, you know, don't use credit cards, use cash and cash is actually my second tip. But if we're just focusing, like if you can't do three, if you're like, I can only do one Kate, what is it? It is write everything down. So, I mean, if you do use credit cards, you know, go like, cause if your spouse uses cards and you're like, well, I don't know what my spouse uses and he won't like write down what he's using with cash, then yeah, maybe that's the best way for you guys to do it. Then you can look at the, you know, pull up your account every single night and write down what's been spent. Right. And I'm not talking about a budget. I'm not, there's, there's no talk of budget in this. Just literally write everything down. And I find having a credit card does help because, you know, my spouse doesn't want to write everything down. Like he just wants, he doesn't spend, I'm the spender. I'm, I fully acknowledge this, you know, there's the spenders and the savers. He's Mm -hmm. the saver. Um, but he won't like, he'll go out to lunch and then not tell me and it's fine. I have no problem. It's in the budget, whatever, but write everything down. Um, number two is, is cash there. I mean, So yes, this contradicts what I just said, but if you're able to do cash, I fully like, there's something called the envelope system. And when you do build a budget, you take, you know, okay. So like, let's just say I have $400 for the month for groceries. You literally go to the bank, you get $400, you put it in the envelope and that's all you have. So when you go to the grocery store, when you're out, you can't just, you don't whip out your, your debit card or your credit card or whatever you put things back. And so you have your little credit card and you look like a nerd, but I promised you, I'm right there with you looking like a nerd. And I'm okay with this because it helps identify like what you're spending. And then you, there is a little bit more of an emotional reaction mm-hmm. instead of just swiping is handing over those dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Ramsey talks a lot about that. That's why he always carries cash with him. 
And then the third thing is, yeah, like creating a budget. Now, this can be overwhelming to people because they're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, and that's where I come in. That's, you know, that's kind of my role as a financial coach um, is what we do in our sessions. Um, so I do have different sessions. We have three, six or nine month sessions. Like you're, I meet with you once a month and depending on kind of how much debt you have and um, you know, where you are with your financial goals. But I will tell you this, do not get discouraged. It does not, you cannot create one budget and expect it to, to be good for every single month. Your birthday isn't every single month because heck we are going to celebrate you. You know, you're going to make sure <laughs> yeah. that you do you, but like Christmas, that's not in every single month. So are you going to not have any money for Christmas? Like this is a, this is a very live document. And so Dave says that it takes about three months to really get a budget down. And that's why, even if you're debt-free, my, my minimum like session grouping is three months because then we have three months together where we can really mm -hmm. get you set, you know, the first session is called like the discovery session where we kind of talk about the things, you know, this, that, and the other, you do have homework to do. I know homework as adults, um, <laughs> but like, you know, we kind of look at where you are and the, here's the other thing. People are like, well, I don't know this woman. I don't want to share my finance with her, but I do want tips. Here's the thing. I'm here to help you this. I'm, I'm only here for you. I get like, you succeed. That's super great. That's what we're here for. If you don't want to share all the details about your income, that's, that's your personal business. And that is 100% completely fine. We can dive as deep in as you want, or we can stay at the surface level. It's kind of how much you're committed and how much kind of you want to, you know, get into. I will say the people who have the most success are the ones who like, you know, bring it all to the table and kind of lay it all out and we go through it. But again, we've, I mean, I have, as I said, in the very beginning of this podcast, like my family was, we didn't really talk about finances. It's just, mm -hmm. it was just a taboo conversation. I think that, you know, my generation, I'm 37 right now, you know, we talk a little bit more about, I mean, even about salary, like, I mean, not maybe in the workplace, but I mean, me and my friends have had more of those conversations than I think my parents would never have had mm -hmm. that conversation. And again, it's on people's comfort levels. And so I completely respect the people who are like, that's my personal business. I don't need to share that with you. But also we're here having a conversation for a reason because you have financial goals and I can help you get there. Yes. Love that. I love it. I'm a, I'm an all on the table kind of person. I don't go to somebody for help and then like try and hold parts of it back. Like that's the surest way in my opinion, not to succeed, but, um, I love that you brought that up because I feel like that's so relevant in a lot of different areas. Like, yeah, where people will do that. Like I'm coming to you for help, but I'm still going to hold on to this little bit over here. Like this is the part that you can play with. And so really what we're doing is withholding help as we're holding on to control. And so, but there are people who are, who, like you said, are going to come to you like that and who are going to want to operate that. So I love that you already have a solution in place yeah. to still help them. Even if that is 
the situation they're in. And who knows, maybe three months or six months or nine months in, they'll be like, okay, you've done really well with this. Here's the rest of it, you know, and, and find that, um, that release and that control. Super, super cool. I love these tips because these are things that I, um, like I knew going through Dave Ramsey, I think it was like six years ago, um, 2016 that we went through it the first time we did really well. We actually, um, decided to put our house for sale at the time because like our house altogether was more expensive than the percentage of the income that was recommended or whatever. And we're like, now we have to pay our house off. That seems daunting. Let's just sell it. And then it ended up not selling. And then that's when we started Airbnb. So it's like, it's been this whole play out and roll of events that's turned into something really, really cool for us. But, um, it's been such a great reminder. And then hearing you say it again is like, yep. Just reminding me, this is one of the plans that I am sticking to, right? Because essentially I'm going through this program. I've been partnered with like a financial coach and like we've made the plan. Now I just have to stick to it. And it's very simple. And I love that you had pointed out You can't make a budget once and just like expect it to work. It's not a month after month, you know, same thing. It's a living document, but also like my husband and I did this last year where we just like sat down and tried to make a budget. And then we completely blew it out of the water and we're like, why bother? And then next thing, you know, you look at the credit cards and you're like, oh my (laughs) goodness. So now thankfully we're approaching it in that different mindset where it's like, okay, you know, some things are a little bit up here. Like we set a budget for our cars. That is kind of like the sinking fund style of like a hundred dollars a month for vehicle maintenance thinking, Oh, it'll add up. And then we can buy tires and whatever else. And then my husband sold his car, got a different car. It's 20 something year old car. He needs an alignment. He needs tires. He's fixing all these parts. And it's like, we totally blew that line item out of the water in terms of our budget this month. But you know what? Now we know. And so next month we can adjust it a little bit better. And, and so it is very much a living document and like, it's about giving yourself grace a little bit too, but having an accountability partner, super, super important. So Kate, um, if people wanted to reach out to you, do you have a place you can email me at kmanus at manusfinancial.com. And then I'm also on Facebook. I have like just Manus Financial um, on Facebook. It's an open group. I mean, you can just, there's not a whole lot that I've done with it, um, but it's like another place to contact me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, phone call or email or, you know, Facebook is, a, is probably the best one right now. If you just want to kind of look and see a couple of things that I've posted and Um, I'm going to try and get that going more so as we move forward. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I will certainly include all of this in the show notes. So people have a way to reach out to you for any further questions or what it might look like. I assume you're able to do this online. And so whether they're local here in Alaska or across the globe in Michigan or Florida, you're still able to serve them. I am. Yeah. So right now, specifically with like, I'm a one-on-one person. I like to meet in person, but kind of right now we're in the environment that we're in. Um, Zoom works, you know, like that's kind of where I'm at. Um, So yeah, we can definitely meet, you know, via Zoom or, you know, that kind of platform. 
Um, if you're local and that's your jam to meet up, I'm all about some coffee and meeting at a coffee shop. Yeah. Um, but again, like we're probably more in the Zoom era right now. But moving forward, I, you know, I would like to move into that. But yes, the answer to your question is near or far, we can connect, we can make it work. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, last question kind of gave you a little bit heads up, but I want to know what does intentional abundance mean to you? I've been trying to think about that, just like what that does mean. And I feel as though with intentional, like if we break up the two words, intentional to do something intentionally, to do something mindfully, to do something that we make a habit of doing and then abundance, you know, a plethora of whatever that is, you know, whatever we're being intentional about. So I feel like if you, you know, what you're saying in that, you know, intentional um, abundance is you can have so much if you just make up your mind to, to do that. It, you know, you can pretty much do anything that you want to put your mind to. And if you do put your mind to it, you can have a lot of it. That's what I feel like that's, that is. <laughs> yes. I love it. And I so agree. I love just like watching the gears turn and like watching you put this together. I don't think a lot of people think about intentional abundance and what it means. And so I just love asking this to, um, all of my guests that I at least think of to ask, you know, sometimes I forget to ask, but all the ones that I did, it'll, it'll be a compilation someday. So anyways, any final thoughts or parting words that you have for our listeners today? Yeah, just, you know, I guess, you know, do your best. Don't beat yourself up. Every day is a new day and just keep being you. And that's, yeah. And people are here to help you. I think that's the biggest takeaway. There are people out there that if you need help and want to reach out, there are people that genuinely want to help you. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Yes. Amen to that. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today, Kate. I so appreciate our conversation. Such awesome reminders and just like practical real world stuff about money and finances. And thank you for sharing your story with us. And, um, maybe you'll be a guest here again one day. We'll see. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sasha. I'm so honored to be on your show. Yay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Sisters, are you not in the chaos to clarity workshop yet? I am hosting this workshop this coming Saturday, February 19th. Visit intentionalabundance.life backslash chaos to clarity for more information and to register. I'm going to drop that link in the show notes. So there's no excuse for missing out on it. But this workshop is for busy mamas working round the clock, quite literally, yet not able to catch up, not able to find peace, not clear on what they're actually doing or pursuing in life. 
I truly believe that all mothers have the ability and the power in Christ to lead days that are both peaceful and productive simultaneously. You're going to come out of this workshop with clarity on what matters most. You're going to come out with mindset tools, ones that are going to help you cut through those chaotic moments in mom life, but also ones that are going to help you step forward and your best yes and discerning no's for you and your life and your family. And you're going to have tips that are going to help make time work for you. So if these are three things you're wanting, if you're wanting full yet fulfilling days and schedules that are filled with purposeful activities, instead of just constantly putting out fires and living in chaos, then girl, you need to be in this challenge. So join us Saturday, visit the link in the show notes, and I will see you there to give you all the value. And if you're not in the intentional abundance community, you already need to be in there. Like, yesterday, because that's a space where we add value to moms. It's a community where people are able to show up and be vulnerable and be real to share their wins and their struggles. We encourage each other in Christ. And we also talk about these episodes on the Intentional Abundant Life podcast. So what are you waiting for? Jump inside today.